Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down to the show notes and you can see all the links that we have and to support the podcast and all the fun things. And to those who are asking us about the Around the World guides that are out there, yes, yes, we are working on them. (laughs) Slowly but surely, we will finish them and we will make sure they get those out quickly and uh, not quickly. I mean, I don't know how much more quickly we could do them. Um, We are working on it. Right now we're in the middle of Africa, the the round the world guide. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we will finish up with Oceania, which Australia, New Zealand, and the Pacific islands as well. Um, And we'll follow up quickly behind that. I think that will be a little bit easier because it'll be a little bit smaller than than the rest of the guides. I think it will be, you know, people often ask us how to support the podcast. Obviously our guides are a good way. There's a support on Gumroad, but you know, one of the best ways you can support the podcast is if there's books that we're reviewing on YouTube or things that we're doing and you want to click through the Amazon affiliate links, that's a great way to support the show. It doesn't cost you anything. So next time you need to purchase something on Amazon, if you head through one of our links, we get a little bit of a kickback on that and it helps to support the show. I had a writer friend who needed to buy a chainsaw. And I sent her one of our links <laughs> so she through the chain. But anyway, um, so let's talk a little bit about you know the the winter is ending, thankfully for the most of it, for the most part, and it is uh, quickly warming up. And we know that the you know for a lot of you out there, the the snow is melting and things are getting better. And we want to start talking about you know getting outside. You know, it's something that we've tried to be more intentional. I think we mention it every time we possibly can. Um, trying to get outside like just today. It was a, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have a kid today and uh, it was a wonderfully sunny day and I went for a long 10 mile walk and it was really, really nice. You know, we, we know we want to try and be a little bit more intentional. I know a lot of us out here are doing the Blossom and Root curriculums that are mm-hmm. intentionally uh, nature-based and wanting yep. to get you outside. And today we were going to be talking about a, a, kind of a Kind of a fun challenge. You yeah. Know, it's like, uh, well, something that we're challenging our family with. Yeah. The 500, 500 hours uh, of summer. We're yeah. going to call it 500 hours of summer. Um, you know, we've we've heard of families on the playground in our school who are doing the 1,000 hours outside challenge. And yeah. uh, I actually had a, a, a high school, you know, kind of acquaintance who was doing it. I saw on Facebook. I always love number-based challenges on pretty much anything, uh, whether it's like a workout, like, oh, you know, do 25 push-ups a day for 30 days and yeah. all those type of things. Because I love them because they're just very obtainable and you have like an end goal. You can then take that end goal and then divide it across. 3, 30 we were doing, which was yeah. uh, uh, a speed of three. Three miles per hour. For, uh, incline of 10, 10, of 12. 10. Yeah. So this is a treadmill program right. that got really, really popular during the pandemic. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a 12 degree incline, three mile per hour, for 30 minutes. It sounds yeah. easy, but oh, it's, it's quite hard. So quite we hard. do like number challenges. I saw an acquaintance of mine was doing the thousand hours outside yeah. last year. And I was like, well, that's good for you because you live in San Diego. So, <laughs> sunny, you know, 70 days, right. A year, you yeah. can do that. And that, that would be like, that's like three hours a day. Yeah. 
And so I'm like, well, that sounds great to do that, like, you know, during the summertime. But I mean, I, we, you know, we can't do that during the winter. I, I want to get out more in the winter, but, you know, I want to be realistic too with where our family's at. And we thought it would be really fun if we just cut out, you know, half the year. And we said, like, what if we did 500 hours of summer starting in April and ending in September. September. <laughs> she did the math real quick there. Shush, shush. Um, so it's kind of going to be a spring into summer kind of yeah. thing. And I still think that, I think this is going to be a fun little challenge for our family. Yeah. So we wanted to share uh, with you today about what we're going to do, how we're going to be more intentional, why we're choosing to make a, a summer challenge for ourselves and, you know, starting it in the month of April. And, you know, if you guys would like to join us, that could be really fun yeah. um, and see if we can all be a bit more intentional about getting outside. Yeah, I, I love these things that just kind of drive you outside. It's something that you can just keep in the front of your mind. It's an easy, obtainable number, kind of that three hours a day. Um, I think is on average, but let's first talk about, you know, obviously, why do you want to get outside? You know, we know there are the physical benefits to both the children and the parents, like, you know, just getting outside, moving around, not being around snacks, <laughs> you know, for oh, the snacks, like, that's the problem. Anything that gets me away from the pantry, I think is, is a, is a good thing. Like it's the beef jerky, man, I can't it, stay away from it, it. it. All of it. Like even just the kid's cereal. Like, man, that those uh, knockoff Fruit Loops are really good. Oh, those knockoff <laughs> Fruit Loops don't get me. It's the cinnamon toasters, the knockoff cinnamon toast crunch. I, I oh a, boy. I have a friend who's a cinnamon mm. toast uh, crunch uh, aficionado, and I keep telling him like, "Hey, dude, there are these knockoff cinnamon toast." Crunch. Yeah, I get the Malto meal cinnamon toasters. They're yeah. awesome. And you get you get like three times the cereal. They're really dangerous. Yeah, we can't have this in our house. No, he anymore. he says it's an abomination. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't allow that. So I, I fed it to his kid once, and I, I took a picture of it and sent it to him. <laughs> be like, look, I'm feeding your kid the cinnamon toast cruncher knockoff. You know, <laughs> he didn't talk to me for a few days. But anyway, so first thing you want you want to know is that there's like the great benefits, right? Like get out of the house, get mm-hmm. away from the food get outside, get moving, get active. I think that is like uh, the obvious first, first right. thing right there. But we wanted to talk about some other, you know, b- big benefits of getting outside. And the, these are the these are the things we're going to remember when it's difficult for us and it's raining <laughs> yeah. in January. We call it January here in the Pacific Northwest because uh, April is, is good. May gets like really nice. And we then call, in we, June, it just rains. Yeah, it's it's the it's spring cold. tease. You'll get like four or five weeks across like two months. It'll be beautiful, sunny. Oh, and wonderful. Then, and then the rains come back for like yeah. another month or so. So in January, these are the things we're going to be telling ourselves. Um, it's one, you know, one great thing is your your kids are exploring the world around them. So it's the physical learning, the knowledge of your area, mm-hmm. learning the flora and fauna. And we we love the Seek app and we'll put that in the show notes. Yep. It's a great free app from, I think it's National Geographic. I, I believe you have some partner with them, yeah. It's wonderful. So getting to know the flora and fauna of your area. I love the uh, cultural and local, you know, connection. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't necessarily have to go on a hike. You can go downtown walk around go through some shops absolutely you know you know go see that little park that's over by that area that that you've never been and and right it doesn't all have to be hikes but if you want to hike the all trails app and we'll link that to another great free app that we've gotten a lot out of we've done reviews on both the seek and the all trails app so we'll make sure i'll link both of those in the show notes yeah those are a couple of fabulous free apps so those are some things we wanted to remember also this is about improving physical skills for our kids coordination accomplishments whether they can it's it's hiking or climbing or for our kids learning to use their scooters at the skate park. Exactly. Right. There's there's physical achievements. There's lots of uh, gross motor skill work mm-hmm. that's being done outside. And then there's also benefits to 
I mean, the kids, maybe not as much. They don't really have, have to deal with this as much. But to us adults, you know, good cardiovascular health. Mm-hmm. If you're walking a lot, sustained cardiovascular Being uh, outside, not sitting down, maybe, all, moving all, around. All of it. Reducing obesity is obviously a big thing. A lot of vitamin D. I know Which up, we need up here. Yeah, up in, if you live at the northern latitude, you kind of have that seasonal disorder where you don't have as much vitamin D. I know mm-hmm. during, the, during the winter, we pound vitamin D really hard um, just to kind of like make up for that right. fact that we're not outside. We're not sitting in the sun. Um, getting outside, walking, getting that vitamin D is such a wonderful thing. You can also decrease your blood pressure, um, cortisol output, heightened immunity. All these things are kind of like outflows of being right. out in, the, in nature. Decrease muscle tension, oh, all, all uh, increasing alertness for our kids. You know, our kids have a lot of, of, of stress to deal with, and this is a really great yeah. way to um, to decrease that stress and go outside. Yeah. Uh, this is also a really great time for our kids to just be kids and play, yeah. use imagination. I remember going outside as a kid and having a fort. I don't know who else had a fort. I, I mean, did, yeah. I, I had a fort and it was really fun. And we, you know, we built it ourselves and we would play for hours outside. And it's yeah. that that open, unstructured play, which I yeah. think is so great. Right? There's like a deep play element there. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you'll get so into, you know, what you're playing and you'll do it for an hour, two hours, things of that nature. I think that's something that might be missed. Like, oh, yeah. It's you're hard building to rec- social skills too between, yeah. between the kids. They're working things out when they're making up their games or they're mm-hmm. building their fort or, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. I think it's nice to have that time. So much of the day is planned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great to get outside and think about that unplanned time. You know, one of the episodes we should link on um, in the show notes is actually our very first interview, which was with Hope Helms, who ran an outdoor uh, forest preschool. And she talked a lot about the importance of getting outside and outdoor play. And it, so if you're interested in more about this topic, she was a great interview awesome. uh, that we'll link down below so you can listen to that too. So that's a lot of the kind of the physical benefits of you know, being outside. Let's talk a little bit about the mental elements, you know, obviously, you know, engaging in that kind of relaxation, you know, kind of turning, Mm -hmm. turning things off, turning your brain off and just, you know, experiencing and playing. That's something that can easily be done and obtained by being outside. You know, it's one of those things where there's not that much, you know, effort to pay attention to nature. You're kind of you know engaging with it naturally. Um, Obviously, you can like go out looking for birds and thing, and you, you can have some intentionality there. But a lot of times when you're going outside and you're just going for a small hike, you're just kind of letting nature wash over you. You're just like, I'm going to go along this path. Yeah, you're immersing yourself. Yeah. And you're not really thinking about like, I'm going to go try to find something. I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to walk on this trail and whatever happens, happens. Hopefully the bear, you know, doesn't happen, <laughs> but you know, you know, it may, maybe a bunny instead. <laughs> yeah. For me, the big thing about being outside is it really turns my brain off. I, I have yeah. a, a tendency to overthink. I have a tendency towards anxiety and um, it's one of these things, especially when I'm feeling kind of panicky, yeah. that getting outside is one of the best ways to help me relax. I think that it's engaging so many of my senses at once. Mm-hmm. Um, that and, and all of that fresh air. And I know that it does that for our kids too. If, if our daughter is feeling particularly stressed out, sometimes we'll just go for a walk down to the mailbox. You know, yep. nothing big or... We'll sit out. We have a, in the summertime, we have a really wonderful portable hammock that you bought me from Amazon. Yeah, yeah. We'll link that in show notes because it's really nice. Um, and we just have it in our backyard. And our daughter and I will just sit there outside and we'll read a book together. Read a book. Yeah, you guys tend to read in the summer. Though. Yeah, we'll read Harry Potter. Or, you know, we'll just sit and we'll cuddle on the hammock and we'll talk. Uh, and things that are bothering her really just seem to kind of flow out as we sit there in the sunshine and we yeah. rock in the hammock. And we listen to the birds and we look at the clouds and try to figure out cloud shapes. Well, it's such a yeah. calming experience. The other thing too that I like when I, when we're outside is, you know, we, we tend to do a lot of walking when we're outside and we tend to do a lot of talking because mm-hmm. there's, 
you know, it's hard to like look at your phone while you're walking. Um, it's hard to, you know, have screen time when you're walking. It's hard to do that. So like yeah. for us, it's a very social experience being outside. Mm-hmm. And it's something for us to catch up and also talking with the kids, yeah. you know, when we're out moving and going places, you know, it really forces conversation and it forces that like kind of that communication. It's a great yeah. way to catch up. I know it's something that we love to do at the end of the day is just like catch up from the day, right? And go yeah. for a walk and talk for yeah, sit 30 out, minutes. Yeah. Sit out on the back patio and just catch up about what happened today. You know, we had a, I worked for a company that had a slogan for all of us employees. It was called Be Here Now, mm-hmm. which was really about safety with the company, but also yeah. just about engaging with employees and, you know, being being present. And I really think about that a lot. And I think about when, when I'm outside, I feel like I, I am there. I'm mm-hmm. fully there, right? I'm, I'm much more aware because, you know, you don't want to trip or, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's other outside dangers. There's other competing noises and, yeah. and things going on, right? And, um, you know, squirrels in the yard and just different things. And I think that you're really, you're really more present outside. I don't, I don't want to look at my phone. Whereas I'm inside and boy, I'm just, I'm on the Facebook. I can't, I can't stop it. (laughs) I think it's just because there's a lot of stimulating things to look at outside, whether it's just, you know, like what you said, like, I don't get run over by that car coming down the street or, you know, I don't want to trip on that, you know, crack in the, in the, Mm -hmm. you know, that uneven piece of pavement right there. Like you just got to pay attention. And the thing is, is you're paying attention to the world. You pay attention to the people you're watching your kids, you know, scoot along the, 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 the bike path and, and, you know, where are they? They're too far. Oh my God. Why do they keep going so far away from us? You know, <laughs> they, always go too far. they always go too far. And you know, that's the other thing too, is, is that, you know, there are a lot of kids who struggle with anxiety as well. Yeah. And it's a good, good way for them to kind of get out and have those same experiences where mm-hmm. they're not having to worry about things. They're not, you know, worrying about their schoolwork or their classes. Right. Or, There's or no, s- no pressure to perform outside. Exactly. Right? A lot of times we're out there and you know, we're, we're just, uh, we're doing it to be out in the sunshine or the rain. And we do it as a family. And and a lot of times it's your, you know, your least stressful environment is with your family. You know, they don't have to, you know, go play with their friends and they're worried about, you know, what is my friend thinking? Or, you know, what type of game are we playing? Are we, are we following the rules correctly? Are we playing correctly? It's just, you know, it's the family. We're out walking and doing something. Even, you know, we have a, our, our daughter has a, another best little friend and, and we're yeah. good friends with their parents too. And we all get together. The first thing kids want to do is they want to go outside together. Yeah. They want to run around. They want to play lightsabers with pool noodles <laughs> and they want to play on the equipment in their backyard yeah. or they want to swim in the pool and they get so much out of being outside. The other thing that I notice, and I think that this is, this is, it's not just a physical, but I think it's a mental. When our kids have been outside a lot that day, mm-hmm. boy, they, um, not only do they sleep really well, but they they're do. very, like, we come in and it's like, hey, we got to brush teeth or we're going to have dinner. They're, it's they're, notice, they're noticeably calmer. They are. They, they really, I was going to use the word compliant. I didn't want to use that word, but I mean, they're no, just. compliance fine. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all about compliant children. Yeah. They just, they don't seem to be as argumentative no, or no. they don't seem to fight as much amongst each other either. Right. So when we yeah. say, hey, it's going to be time for dinner or, hey, we're going to do this or we need to sit down and do some homeschool or whatever it is. They're stimulated. They're, they're filled. Their yeah. Cup is filled. I think their yeah. cup has been filled. And when we, you know, that night when it's time to turn in and tuck them in, we don't get whining about going to bed. They no. really, so I think it's, it's really good for us. It's really good for I, our kids. I know that with our three, three and a half year old, you know, if she doesn't get outside in that morning time frame and get some activity or, you know, hasn't gone to preschool and she's just inside, man, that, that nap time is it's a tough one to get because she just hasn't had much exercise. She hasn't done much. And I either have to be extremely stimulating to her during the morning, whether it's activities and painting and, and activity and play and all that stuff, 
or I could just take her outside for a scooter run and to the park and have her play at the park for a few, you know, half hour and come back. And that's, that's more than enough right. for her to like, okay, fine. She'll take her nap very easily. Right. And I notice those like slight changes. If you just don't get any activity whatsoever for that day, it's hard. It does, does cascade throughout the day, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, it, I don't know. There's just, there's some action that there's just like heavily stimulating being outside. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, is that there's no schedules outside. So there, you're not having to worry about like moving from A to B to C to D activity. Yeah, typically not. Just, you can go outside and you, you, you just go do something and have fun. I always notice that, you know, especially with these younger ages, I don't know as much for the older kids, but they're almost pretty cool doing anything. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they would be happy sitting and watching a TV show on Netflix but they would also be happy just playing at the playground and running down oh, slides yeah. and stuff. They're not old enough where they have like heavy preferences towards screen time or heavy preferences towards. Yeah. This ours don't at least. At least ours don't. Yeah. We're really happy about, and we've never, we, we haven't been like crazy careful about screen time, but we definitely, yeah. you know, watch, you know, we're, we're careful about what they watch and, and how much yeah. um, they watch, but they do, they do watch cartoons and things like that. And it's fine. So, why are we creating the summer challenge? Why why the 500 hours? Why is it? Well, so for for us, we were talking about what could we do this, you know, as, as we're starting to feel winter fade, and we're going to be, we're almost into April, you know, we were talking about what could we do to try to get outside more? Yeah. Should we schedule time every day? Should we make a, a, a plan to do something every weekend? We were kind of kicking this back and forth and we thought, well, why don't we sign up for this six months to do this 500 hours, which is, you know, about three hours a day or so, just, just under. Um, and we thought, you know, if we do this challenge, then this is something that we're both engineers. We love, you know, we love math. We love, we love numbers we and love tracking. We love tracking. Yes. Uh, and you know, it's been really helpful for us in, in our fitness and, and weight loss journeys. So we thought, you know, this could be kind of cool for our family. We don't naturally gravitate to being outside. Neither you nor I really do. Um, and our kids don't. Although, actually, I think our younger one, she, it, she, she really, really does, does love being outside, but, yeah. um, it's not that we don't like being outside because we do, but we don't think, oh man, I can't wait to get outside. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's like, eh, it's a little cold eh, it's a little rainy. And I think that this might be something really good that pushes us out of our comfort zone because even though it sounds like, oh yeah, well, you're just doing this during the nice time of year, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, it's a mixed bag, man. So (laughs) it's still going to be. Even in the summer, our our mornings are very chilly. Right. There's going to be plenty of days when it's cold or rainy uh, or both. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, we're hoping that by putting something that we can track and we can log that this is going to help us be more intentional about being outside. Um, I hope that we hit our goal, but more than anything, if we do more time outside this year than we did last year, I think we're going to be successful. Well, and it's the idea of building stamina, like any type of exercise or mental challenge or, you know, mental, you know, you're trying to change some habits or something, starting off small, building up that new stamina, those new expectations that becomes the new normal. That's something really cool about humans is that we, we always we can adjust to whatever the new normal is mm-hmm. very easily. And and if you make something intentional, it just becomes an easy thing. If you, and if you do it for six or seven months straight, like we're, we're trying to do here, that just becomes the new normal. And then right. so we're know, hoping we could form a habit. Yeah. We form the habit so that in the winter, maybe we will be more intentional, 
you know, above and beyond what the nor- what the historical norm has right. been. Right. And we did do a lot of walking last summer and mm-hmm. into the fall. And we did notice during the winter that we did keep up that habit. We tried. Not to the same degree, but, but we, we definitely we, walked like, way more than we did we, the winter before. We looked before. outside and said, hey, it's not raining. Check the check the rain, you know, map. Or it's oh, only raining lightly. And we, I think we could do this. Get the kids out in their rain jackets. I think we could go for a walk or even right. just up and down the street a bunch of times. Right. We, we chose to do that a lot more because I think we had built that muscle memory, mm-hmm. that, that stamina from the summer, and that was able to carry forward going you know, into the new right. year. I'm also hoping that this challenge will help us to identify more things that we like to do outside. Correct. Uh, clearly, you know, our family likes to walk outside. It's yeah. something that we've already, you know, we've already established. We like our, going to the parks. We like going to the Our kids like to park. ride their bikes yeah. and their scooters now. And that's really something. But I want to find even more things that we like to do outside, whether that's, um, you know, the kids having more open-ended, imaginative play, especially in our backyard. I'd really like to explore more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to get us out this year, maybe think about some kayaking or other kinds of boating. Yeah, we've got the the dual paddle boards that we we start. Mm-hmm. We, we got to tease a little bit of that last year, and I think we really enjoyed that together. Yeah, the stand-up paddle boards are great. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think more about uh, camp trips and mm-hmm. beach days and things that, you know, we haven't we haven't leaned into as much. One of the things about the Pacific Northwest is the highlight of the Pacific Northwest is the nature that's all around us. And I don't mm-hmm. think that we as a family take it, you know, we don't take advantage of that enough. We don't enjoy that as much as I know we would both like to. Yeah. So we're hoping that by putting this metric that we can really think about, okay, let's be intentional. Let's get our butts outside um, and start learning to love more of the nature around us. So let's talk a little bit about being successful one of the best ways you could do this is just view it as some any other extracurricular activity that you're doing, you know, that it's an important part of your week, whether it's like how we treat homeschool or how you treat like going to dance class or, you know, how mom goes to yoga or, you know, you work out in your garage or whatever. Just treat it like another activity that you have to do on a daily basis. Right. I know a lot of families, you know, like for us, we homeschool all year round, but we kind of dial it back just a tad in the summer. So it does free up more time. We're not at our parent partnership. Our youngest this summer will be going to a summer preschool, so that that's a little bit of a change for our own sanity. For yeah, for, for the she's benefit. She's just a, such an active kiddo. She needs she needs it during and, the summer, and she loves it. She she's a very social kid, and so like doing you know the summers can tend to be more open, and then we have the ability to schedule a little bit more time. I remember last year at the end of summer, I realized, oh my gosh, my you know as the fall came on, I was like, man, I'm going to be really busy. I didn't. I, I was really enjoying the downtime in the mm-hmm. summer which wasn't necessarily the downtime, but it was the ability of the freedom to do whatever we right. wanted, right? Exactly. So when you are in the summer and you're on these kind of like, especially when the days are getting longer, the sun doesn't set as early and it gets up earlier in the morning, you just feel like you have more of the day, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not like the dead of winter where it's like you have like eight hours of sunlight right. and that's all you get. We, we took like walks after dinner. We, we actually moved our dinner time earlier, earlier yeah. last year during the, the nice part of the year so we could take a walk after dinner. Yeah. And I, I have to say we slept better. Oh, yeah. My stomach was like better settled and stuff after dinner. Yeah. Um, by, you know, having that nice outside time and our kids slept great, even though it's really hard here when it gets dark later to try to put a kiddo down to bed at seven 30, doesn't get dark till 10. This is a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the days we were able to get the kids outside and go for a walk, go down to the, to our neighborhood park. Uh, it absolutely made for easy bedtimes. Absolutely. Um, next thing too, is when you're taking these trips, especially in the summer, you know, or late spring, early fall, you know, a lot of families will take additional trips 
planning those trips to have a lot of intentional time is another right. way to do that. So like mm. if you're going to go visit family in the summer or if you're going to go on a nice spring break trip or you're going to go camping through the summer, obviously you'll be outdoors. You'll get to claim all 24 hours a day about your challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you do go somewhere during the summer, you go to that timeshare or whatever it might be that you you, you go to, um, think about the outdoor activities. Think about what you can do. Think about the hiking. Think about the whatever. We've been much more intentional about this yeah, since been. last year. And we've been on a couple of uh, mini breaks, just the two of us without the kiddos, yes. when uh, grandparents have watched the kids. And each time we're we call like... Them our, we call them our, what, our walkcations. Yes, 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 our walkcations. And we really have. We have planned some good you know hiking paths and we're looking uh, forward to a vacation we're going to take later this summer and we're gonna you know we're already looking at okay where's the family friendly hikes at yeah, exactly. you know which ones could we take scooters on which ones would we would we uh, walk to where's the waterfalls that we want to go see and exactly. you know we love destination hiking so um, I think that's a that really definitely great makes way. It, definitely makes it easier if there's a destination thing at the end. You, yeah, come on, girls. Come we on. just we got to make it to the waterfall. We're almost there. <laughs> um, another thing too is to you know ensure success is to track it. You know, as we said earlier, we we enjoy tracking. We mm -hmm. do numbers. Obviously, we do a lot of planning software to help us with our homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Simplest thing you can do is just Google Sheets, and you could just have it on your phone. Yeah, open it and say, "Hey, we were here from ten o'clock to one o'clock." Mm -hmm add a three there and you just keep adding your days. Um, you can also print off like some sheets or you can do like some graphing paper or something like that. Yeah. And then just start filling in the boxes. You can en engage that with your kids as well and right. have them do fun things. So you can create something very simple. We're thinking about maybe doing it like 50 block increments, 50 yeah. hour increments. And every 50 hours, there's like a reward. There'd or be a some prize. sort of reward. Yeah. Maybe that's a, Maybe that's a, I mean, I don't want to have every reward be a trip to the Froyo place, but maybe it's a trip to the Froyo place. Well, or maybe it's a family so, going out for a movie or maybe the it's... The family movie. I know in our area during the summer, there are $1 children's movies where mm -hmm. they play kind of like classic children's movies mm -hmm. at the theater and they're like one buck and like, hey, that's a great $3 yeah. to go to see a movie is that's a nice reward, especially for me in the summer. Absolutely. Or, you know, maybe that's a, I, a, a friend of ours did like... Um, the kids got their own water bottles oh, yeah. um, after a, f a couple hundred hours that were like had their names on them, you know? So, yeah. I mean, you know, you could do different things. They could be things. Maybe that's the point where, you know, our daughter recently graduated. She has her own camel back now and she's very she excited about she's it. She's very excited. about that. Very excited. Um, you know, so maybe it's that. Well, and we're or, excited too. So she's not sitting there like trying to hit the water. On, on our back, so. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, you know, our daughter recently got her own hiking boots. She's yeah. super excited about that. So, you know, maybe your rewards are something that help you get out even more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your first reward could be sunglasses for your kids that yeah. are cool. They're new, you know I mean? It, or maybe you don't buy something. Maybe it's a, a special meal that you all make at home or mm -hmm. a special family movie night at home. It doesn't have to be something that costs money necessarily, but um, we were thinking like, it'd be really cool if we did those rewards. And if we did it in 50 hour increments, then every month there would be at least one one or two yeah one reward and that would be a really fun thing to keep everyone kind of going and, and be mindful otherwise tracking kind of falls off yeah you know if there's not something to kind of like look forward to yeah one of the best ways to obtain a goal is to create to break that goal into smaller goals right, right? it's, it's kind of the, yeah. the kanban methodology where mm -hmm. it's like I'm, I'm everything that i'm working on is an achievable thing that's a very narrow time span right one day we'll talk about kanban and, and how you can use that in homeschool but um that is you know a great way to make 
things achievable. I, I really agree. So we have a little, we have a little kids abacus yeah. and uh, I was thinking that that might be a fun way to track too. Cause it's all the, the different dots are all colored. That's all a color, little like yeah. wooden one. And I thought that could be fun too. You just kind of put that up in a prominent place and you slide it over. And when, when you've got five rows together, then yeah. you know, we can go and do our reward, something like that. I thought no, could be kind of cool. No peanut M&Ms or marshmallows because those won't make the 50 days. Um, <laughs> no. So let's talk a little bit about ideas. So one of the things that people go, oh, you know, this is great, wonderful, wonderful. But then like you immediately hit the, the wall of like, well, what do I do, right? Right. So let's talk a little bit. So first thing you can do, most obvious because we are homeschoolers, is homeschool outside of the park. That's something mm-hmm. I did all the time last year, especially in the spring and the fall time frame. I constantly packed my homeschool bag mm-hmm. put the you know and then the next one here is is homeschool on the go like you know get some snacks and, and whatnot and i would do lunches out there and we would walk to the park so immediately you're i'm getting free steps i'm yeah. getting outside they're on their bikes they're on their scooters they're getting to play we get to a destination or we drive somewhere and then we walk to another destination or we go to a park and we get to play and then we we can then do some homeschool and then you can play some more and then Maybe you can have lunch and that type of thing. Really wrapping the homeschool around the outing is a super easy way for you to get a lot of fun things, especially if you're at like a park during like, if it's still the school school year, this is yeah, something you I- basically have it all to yourself. It's all to yourself. Um, obviously, there'll be like a lot of the young kids. If you have like a neighborhood park, very often those neighborhood parks are ghost towns during the day. Yeah. So hit that up. You know, it's a sunny day. It's like 50, 60. It's beautiful. And we walk to the park sit down. I have the blanket, the neat sheet. I roll that out. We do a little bit of homeschool. Then I let them go play for a few. They come back down, do some more homeschool, do some activities. Maybe you send one kid to go play, you homeschool the other, that type of thing. And then you have some snacks and you have some lunch and then you, you know, you get to play again. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to kill like two hours. Oh, it's a really fun thing to do. Yeah. It's really fun too if you you know you need to school one child, let the other child play because yeah. you're you're in a new location. I know we did a lot of like the girls would play hide and seek, tag, and yep. um, the other thing is I think reading outside anytime that the weather is good, yeah. we do a lot of reading as homeschool parents yep. and read outside. Yeah, For us, it was that. in the hammock, but you yeah. know even just get a blanket, lay it on the grass in the backyard or the patio. Uh, sit outside and read. Exactly. I, if you're going to read inside and it's sunny, it's almost a shame. You need to get outside. <laughs> right. Get outside and do that. That's one mm-hmm. of the easiest ways you can easily do all your. You're like if you're doing your social studies curriculum, and you're blossom root or, you know, build your library or torchlight or whatever you're doing, and you've got to read some you know children's books. Man, do that outside. Why? Yeah. Why do that inside? Do that outside. That's a great great suggestion. It's just, it's just the easy way to go. You know, obviously, next thing we talked a little bit about it. You know, riding your bikes, doing scooters, going to skate parks. I know yeah, our daughters roller skating. Our daughters love going to the skate park because they can do the ramps and they can. Yeah. And you know, I have to say, I was a little nervous about skate park because I kind of thought it was just going to be teenage boys populating the whole thing. But, but you know, they're especially always, they're, during, they're pretty respectful. They are, but especially during the middle of the day, that's it's, the great thing. There's nobody there. It's all ours. I, the girls love going during the middle of the day. And, so. and you'll find other small children there at yeah. the same time or other homeschool it's, kids. Everybody tends to be at the same speed. It's really, really nice. Yep. It is really great. Absolutely. Um, next time, obviously, playground time, but doing hikes. Yeah, and any type of hikes. boating or kayaking, if that's mm-hmm. something that's you know floating on the river, if that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. We love going floating. I'm um, doing swimming. So if you, you know, for, for example, we have a backyard pool. Um, not in ground. It's a assembled thing. It's in the garage. I got to pull back out and refill it. But it's a nice <laughs> big round in tech pool. Uh, we did the inflatable one for one year. You know, the one that it's like 
30 yeah. inches tall but we, that, we, that, we we had to upgrade we upgraded to the you know what the 10 foot pool now instead of the eight foot pool what do we got I think, 12 no foot? i think it's the 12 foot because the the inflatable one just could never hold enough air could never hold enough me that was the problem <laughs> it, was, it was me me and the kids but now we got the bigger ones a little bit taller it needs a step ladder to kind of get into it and it's a lot of fun obviously if you have a community pool that you want to go to um uh, the YMCA does not count because it's indoors. Yeah. Well, some some wives may have outside some wives have pools. My, yeah, they may have some outdoor and, ones. And depending on your location. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a good one. Um, also, you know, going to the lake, yep. you know, that's a good one to do. Uh, I, used to, I actually used to like, um, because most of the lakes around here, the big ones, almost always, if it's not like a tiny lake that's surrounded by like five or six homes, one of these like little micro lakes, if it's a bigger lake, it almost always has a uh, like a park on that edge of that lake, mm-hmm. and they almost always have like like some walking trails. There's like a pavilion there you can eat lunch. Oh, yeah, it's a great place to go I, for the I, day. I would just like go okay, find all these big lakes, and I would just go. You know, last summer, just go to one of those lakes, and we would kill three or four or five hours right. doing that. And this is a really good time to look and see if your state has any kind of special pass that you need here in oh, Washington. Yeah. We need like a Discover Pass and we can get into all kinds of different yep. locations. I think that getting a Discover Pass or a Northwest Forest Pass or a National Park Pass or, you know, look at your state's appropriate pass. I think that that is also a really great idea to encourage you to get out and be more intentional. Because a lot of times they have lists of places you don't do. know about. It's a, well, And it's a sunk cost. So you're like, oh, yeah. I need to... Like I spent this money for this pass. Now I need to to make it worth the money that I spent. I need spent. to do my twenty trips. Otherwise, this is this right. Is wasting exactly. Money, yeah. yeah, and you you feel it, and it helps you explore. We when we had our Discover Pass, we went to so many new places we yeah. had not been to before because it was like, oh yeah, yeah, well we pay, we got to use it, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so we went to those places and discovered a lot of great, uh, great parks. Absolutely. So obviously, next one is camping. Yeah, that's oh that man, goes we're with, totally going camping. That's worth like thirty six hours right there. <laughs> yeah, right there. No, literally. Like I, I would say, if you're sleeping in a tent, that that's outdoors. Like you ever get the the sleeping. If tent. I don't have an indoor potty, that is outdoors. That's if all it's, I gotta say. That's a great point. If you're not, if you don't have an indoor potty, but what if you do have a potty on the inside? Do you not count it? That's not does does not count as indoor what, plumbing. What about the Home Depot bucket thing? No, no, that's not that's not indoor the, plumbing. <laughs> that's, well, technically, it's indoors and it's not indoors. The plumbing's very limited. There's mesh. This is not indoors. Okay, so there you go. You get to count all the sleep. That's time. right. I'm like, hey, you are breathing the fresh air. All of it. You are. You it's know, cold. It's cold, especially in the especially, Pacific Northwest. Yes, it's cold all night. <laughs> you go camping in the mountains. It's like it's gonna get. It's going to get 38, 39 degrees when you're camping. Oh, yeah. It gets cold at it night. It gets cold at night, even in the summer. Next thing, going to the beach. We don't have as much of the beach experience here in the Pacific I mean, Northwest. We, we have plenty of beaches. It's just not like a swimming beach. Yeah, it's more like Puget, a the rock Puget, beach. Yeah. The Puget Sound tends to have like a lot of rocky beaches. And then if you, there is a sandy beach, that water is really cold. That's right. There are some like <laughs> tidal pools and things that you can go explore. And yeah. The shallow areas can be swimmable. Right. My like folks the, live out where the, the sandy beach is at and yeah. there's like clamming out there that, that yeah, the kids that's, go with them. That's the Pacific, man. That's cold. I mean, it's really cold. And, and you know, but the kids do like to go and wade in the water in the height of the summer. And I the, think they're crazy. The but thing they with, love yeah, it. I know. The thing with the rivers here in the Pacific Northwest, they, they're very cold. I mean, mm-hmm. it is very cold. It's, it's something that you can swim if it's pretty shallow, but you're definitely doing and it a, has to be really hot it's definitely a natural cold plunge which <laughs> we should we should start a kickstarter to fund my my cold plunge no, that i keep that. talking about to everybody <laughs> um next thing you could do is tour your city you don't necessarily have to do 
hiking activities or outdoors or go to the park or whatnot you can just walk around your downtown yeah we have like a really cute main street in our town yeah. and you know lots of or you can go to new visit towns other, you haven't been visit to other little towns in walk your around yeah. you know get a coffee and yeah. and stroll along there's one town that has like a really nice river walk around their yeah. downtown so you can park you can go to all these you know cool shops and stuff and then go walk by the river and yeah. have a pastry and you know <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun day absolutely yeah so you're touring the cities on foot next thing a city tour so if you are if you have a larger city in your area like for example seattle for us we could go mm-hmm. to a museum after you're done with the museum you take a little tour as well That's right let's walk around go to the bookstore go to this go to do that and that those time that i would say that time outside where you're walking along absolutely. the street absolutely counts as outdoor time absolutely. so you can absolutely load you know multiple things go to the zoo as well mm-hmm. you know we have a we have the wonderful zoo on the north side of seattle the mm-hmm. woodland park zoo um you know, you go do that for eight hours. Or oh, that's a great day. That's a great day. It's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. The zoo is really nice. It's wonderful. It's a great experience for the kids. Um, next thing, um, if you're going to eat out, see if you can find a restaurant. So many places were became eating out locations because yeah. of COVID. There are so many restaurants who are keeping those kind of outdoor patios mm-hmm. going. If you're going to eat, out you know eat eat out eat outside if you can like it's such a great way to get a quick hour or two and you know make that choice of eating outside or eat outside in your own backyard we've got a patio table and you know there's plenty of times during the summer that we could definitely eat out back and we just don't as much it doesn't you know a lot of times in the summer for me when i'm making lunch for the girls i'm making lunch and i'm like you need to go eat that outside on the patio yeah and they will spend you know, 40 or 30 minutes eating outside and then eventually they'll get up and they'll just start wandering around and playing with stuff. Right, yeah. And that is a wonderful way to just get a quick hour. You can do that for breakfast, you can do that for lunch and you can do that for dinner. I, I know I like to grill a lot and when we, in the summer, a lot of times, you know, when the wasps aren't going crazy, we'll eat our dinner on the patio outside. Yeah. It's it's a, such a wonderful experience and you can just kind of sit back and just enjoy yourself. The kids will go swing. Right. We have a, like a slack line in our backyard yeah. with some swings for our kids so we didn't have to set up a whole swing set. No. So maybe Matt will link what we have, but it yeah, really exactly. worked out really nice. Um, but that's a great way to get outside. The other thing is to plan a few, you know, all day outside activities, yeah. whether that's a, a day long hike you're going to, or you're going to visit some sort of outdoor attraction. We have like a, an old West town that's mm-hmm. a couple hours from here. Um, there's a Bavarian town in the mountains we could go to. Yeah. Going to a theme park or going to an all-day water park or a water park or all-day experience somewhere. And, I mean, and, there's and all you, kinds of outdoor. Especially if you, things. yeah, like you, if you stack like a couple camping trips, you stack a couple outdoor activities like that. You you shove the kids outside for you know lunch or dinner mm-hmm. every single day for three or four months. That is a great way to stack a lot of hours because it's not just three hours a day. You don't have to hit three hours a day. You got to hit the 500. And that's that's 60. what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's important to say it's you not. Can bulk, you can bulk grab hours. You, you sure can. It's not, it's not to us about, it's not to me as much about hitting this exact number yeah. as it is about really being more intentional about being outside. So for your family, whatever might be your number or make it up, or maybe you want to have a weekly goal or yeah. something smaller, I think it's about the intentionality. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't think that, uh, I'm not going to be unrealistic and say that we're going to get outside when it's pouring rain. No. Um, that's miserable for us and our kids. I do think that if you have the right gear, getting outside in adverse weather can still be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's the place I hope that we get to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I remember when we interviewed Kristen um, Drenzik early, early yeah. in the, the podcast, she was talking, she's from Alaska, and she was talking Alaskan about... Alaskan super mom. Yeah. yeah. She was talking about the importance of having the right gear 
And I really believe that, you know, making sure that your kids are going to be warm uh, and dry when they're outside so that they will want to be outside in more adverse weather. And we've tried to kind of adopt some of those principles and get our kids the right gear and get ourselves the right gear so that we don't mind being outside. We've been slowly upgrading pieces like better jackets, better boots, better this, gloves. The gloves have been a big one this year, especially when it's cold. They're willing to go scooting as long as their hands are warm and they've got something on, you know, they obviously got their helmet, but sometimes you put like the ski cap on or something like that and they got the nice jacket. They, they almost yeah. like take the jacket off, but they keep those gloves on. Yeah. The gloves have been really important. You yeah. got me some really terrific oh, uh, rechargeable the, the, the hand best. warmers. Come on. Tell, tell everybody. Yeah. Tell they're, everybody. They're about. USB rechargeable hand warmers. And so you just click them on and I can hold them in my pockets. I love them. Uh, Matt got them for me. You got them for me. I have a, I had a fr- It was almost like a Valentine's Day. It was I, around Valentine's. I'm going to call it Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah. I, you know, very romantic. Very, very romantic. romantic. Yeah, well, what, yes. what else could I give you? They look like, like scarab beetles. But anyways, yeah, they're warm, wonderful. I, I gave you the gift of warmth. Right. You know, human, you know, we've been doing prehistory, you know, humanity chased fire and warmth <laughs> for years. And I, I gave it to you and, oh, and, and, modern and Prometheus. lithium, lithium ion battery <laughs> technology. Um, so those are so. really wonderful. So I, as much as I believe in having all the right gear and things, I'm not unrealistic in that. I think yeah. that on these really rainy days, we're going to get outside just to get outside. Um, I'm not, I don't think that committed to it yet. But maybe my hope is that maybe we'll get there. We gotta get that. We gotta get the the swing out front, like the 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 bench out front under the overhang of our porch, so we can sit out front while it's raining. Well, that's one of the reasons why I want to get the the uh, gazebo out back, so the that gaz- we can yeah the, the, the Costco gazebo, the Costco one, so we can sit outside. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But um, but yeah, this is where we're gonna start. So this is our 500 hours of summer yeah. challenge. Yeah, we, you know, we encourage, join every, us. encourage everybody out there to to do the same. If, if you're if you're not a family that likes to get outside right now, maybe take this on with us and see how that goes. We'll, maybe maybe you'll periodically mm-hmm. post our what our status is. Yeah, we'll check in with y'all and let you know how we're going <laughs> towards it. I mean, maybe it's not gonna work for us, but I really hope that. You know, by putting this in place and by telling you all about it, you all are keeping us accountable. Publicly accountable. um, For it. And I hope that, you know, this, my my hope is that every year we get out more than we did the year before. That's my my real metric for success in this is I want to get out more this summer than we did last summer. And we were outside quite a bit last summer, Mm -hmm. um, not 500 hours, but... Um, I want to get outside more in the summer. I want to get outside more in the the shoulder season of early spring and later fall when the weather does start to go down. I I want to build that stamina up, and I'm hoping, you know, that, that this will be a gradual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want us, our family to fall in love with being outside. I, I think that's because it doesn't come naturally for us, but we, you know, we see the benefits of it. So, hopefully, you all will join us and. Come along on this uh, journey and get outside more. Absolutely. So let's talk a about what we're consuming. All right. Everybody take a knee. Um, Mr. Matt's going to give <laughs> you um, my Billy Shakes way to consume Billy Shakespeare. Um, I just ran through uh, another wonderful, my, my, I have my system. I have my system. So I just finished another um, Shakespeare play. And I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what I do. I think I've alluded to this before on the podcast, but I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate it because I think it's the best way to consume Shakespeare. <laughs> best way to consume Shakespeare is not to read Shakespeare. There it is. I said it. Don't sit and read it like on a book. See, Ariel can look up on the shelf and there's like, I got like, you know, 20 of his plays up there. Yeah. Ariel's just like, throw them out. We don't need them. We need the shelf space. So this is the thing. What I love is to take the cliff notes. So check out the cliff notes from your local library. They have them, whether it's spark notes, cliff notes, there's all the various notes. 
find the play that you want to you want to consume. And what you do is you read the summary of every single scene. So you're on act one, scene one. And what I like to do is I like to read about the first three scenes. You know, have like about three scenes. So read scene one, scene two, scene three. And then what you do is on your on your Libby app, on your phone, on your tablet, whatever it might be, download the BBC audio production from your library. From your library. Um, I know they're, they're, they're at our library, so check to see if they're on your library as well. The BBC did these based, essentially audio plays of the, of the various Shakespeare plays. They took the plays and I, they edited it down just a tad because I was actually, I was doing my summary and then I was reading while I was listening to it. And I noticed that they were skipping, you know, a couple lines here and there. They would leave out a little bit of exchange here and then they were cutting out like maybe five or 10% just for maybe flow reasons for, for whatever reason. And sometimes they might like, they'll, they'll be like a really short scene that they'll just clip. They won't even do that scene because it's maybe not, maybe, um, maybe you know, doesn't advance the plot. doesn't advance the plot or it's kind of like a, a loose hole that Shakespeare left in one of his plays. If Shakespeare actually wrote the plays, <laughs> I love that conspiracy theory. Um, and so what I end up doing is now I'm doing is I'm just reading the summary and then I listen to those, those scenes that I've, I've listened to it makes it so much more enjoyable because you, uh, the problem with a lot of like literature, especially Shakespeare, is you have the, the kind of the language of what you're reading, the challenge of actually reading it because it's not in contemporary language. Then you have the plot that you're trying to figure out, that you're trying to learn, okay, what, what is this person saying? What, what's happening? And then what is the underlying meaning that's happening there? Like the, the, what's the complexity of the, the story? What is the, what is Shakespeare trying to say? You have those three challenges and to, attack that as one thing as you're reading the play is a very challenging thing and so what i like to do is i like to remove the hardest part of it which is the plot make that easy like because you know what's coming and the meaning right and the meaning yeah like you know what's coming and then you can enjoy it because maybe you'll miss like 20 percent of the references you know or some of the you know the flowery analogies that he might have put in there that might be you know some old english reference that you need to have a translation guide it it makes it way more enjoyable and way more easy. So if you've got a kid out there who is really interested in reading some Shakespeare or you're interested in reading Shakespeare, um, you know, just to maybe help you in your homeschool, my method is get the cliff notes, read the summary. You can even read the commentary as well, but just at a minimum, read the summary for like three scenes and then go listen to those three scenes using the BBC audio versions of those plays. I have enjoyed this immensely. I, I just got done with Hamlet and Macbeth this year. And I just finished uh, Merchant of Venice. Last year I did King Lear and uh, Julius Caesar. And they've done pretty much every single one of, the BBC has done every single one of his plays. And I have, in, I have loved this process. And so it, if, if we were going to do this with a student, yeah, what, what would you say? Would you say maybe, uh, well, obviously the student's got to be old enough, but they can yeah. read the Cliff Notes version or even an adult can read yep. and summarize and then you can listen to the language together and really absorb that. Because this, this is the thing. When you're reading Shakespeare on the page, the emotion and the inflection of the voice and, and the how the actor portrays that and, and, you know, is this a tense scene or is this like kind of a playful scene? It's hard for that to, like for you as like, you know, most of us are laymen when it comes to plays, right? 
And we don't get that. It doesn't just leap off the page, right? Well, and they weren't meant to be read. They're not meant to be that, read. They're meant to be performed. That's my contention. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, they, weren't, they weren't written so that we would sit and read them in a book quietly. This, you this, were meant to see them. Yeah, this really came through when I, listen, when I listened to King Lear last year and how intense a lot of the acting was. Like how, you know, like really loud and yelling and then how some of it was so sarcastic and, you know, angry and that... I just don't think that would have come off on the page. And these actors embody the characters. And just for me, it listening to really good actors perform Shakespeare is immensely more enjoyable than just sitting there and just dryly reading it on the page. And so if you're looking to get into Shakespeare, you're looking to get your kid into Shakespeare or you're, you know, you got like a teenager and you're doing a little bit of literature, literature study, I would highly, highly, highly recommend doing this method and using the BBC, you know, audio versions of the books, of the plays, and then using the cliff notes to kind of summarize it. Maybe use an educator so you can know what's coming in and maybe even read the commentary and say, okay, we're going to read act one this week or over the next two days, we're going to read act one. We're going to read the summary and the commentary, and then we're going to listen to it. And then we're going to talk about what we heard and how the actors are acting. And it's, it's the way to do it. It's, I, I, I remember so many years of just like slogging through, you know, the classic Shakespeare text where you're trying to analyze the words and you, it's, it's just so not exciting. Listening to them perform it makes the plays come alive. And also it has given me a real appreciation for Shakespeare more than any other experience that I've ever had. And how mm. beautiful the language. It's one of those things where Shakespeare is not meant, to, like what you said, it's not meant to be read. It's mm. meant to be listened to and watched. Yeah. And and this type of experience, I think, has really brought it out for me. So if you're out there, that's my little Shakespeare uh, uh, tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and if you're interested in Shakespeare for younger readers, we mm -hmm. have a really terrific book. We'll link in the show notes that we yep. got for our daughter that is a, an abridged version of it that's more just telling the story. It's, it's not, more of a narrative story. Yeah. Right. It's not it's like in a kid's the, version, the original language. They tend to be like six or seven pages per play. Yeah, but it's a really good introduction if you've got a younger kids and you're just wanting to get into Shakespeare. Exactly. So we'll link that too. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!